Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. Uh, been a crazy week. Um, had a memory chip, kind of first time this ever happened, a memory chip in my Mac Pro died. So I was going to do that video for Desert Tech on Sunday. Was out uh, all the other day, you know, shooting stuff, doing the recording, you know, the video and everything, putting stuff on Sniper's Hide. And I go to edit. And all of a sudden, everything just goes to hell. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I can't render. I can't do a whole bunch of stuff. It's this black cloud, right? So I'm retrying and retrying and retrying. Computer's shutting off. The worst part, you get to 97%. Dies. Reset everything. Try it again. Do all the PRAM and all that stuff. 98% dies. And so I'm having that happen over and over again. So on Monday... I brought the uh, computer to uh, the Apple store, dropped it off. They kept it for two days, and it turned out one of my memory chips was going south and created all kinds of havoc. And I did a basic hardware test, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And it came up normal, so when I brought it into them, they weren't quite sure. And, of course, they don't run it quite as hard as I did, and it's hard to figure out whether or not, you know, what, what's going to happen. And so that's like two days, you know, for them to check it out. But um, I wanted to do everything I could to avoid a new Mac Pro because the damn thing, the, one, the way I need to spec it is six grand for a computer, and it's like, eh, I'm not going that way. And so uh, got it back today. Checked it out and set it up. I had to order the new memory and everything. So they yanked out the bad one, and I'm, I'm down some memory with that computer. And I actually tore everything apart trying to do all different stuff. So today I'm in reset mode or this evening adding my software back. And I, I kind of played this new setup. And what I did is I had an old – or it's not old, but it's a 14. Uh, so five years, I guess a 2014 MacBook Pro, a 15-inch that I had kind of sitting here on the side that I wasn't really using. And I was going to get one of those hinge docks and all this other stuff. Yeah, I know it's not shooting, but it's how I make shooting stuff. So, uh, you know, like that kind of thing. And, and so I'm doing that and setting this other computer up because the bitches, I have my 13-inch MacBook, right, or, you know, the laptop, and I was going to go and I can access all my external drives because I have all that external drive stuff. But the MacBook wasn't paired correctly to my desktop. Like I didn't have the same plugins for like Final Cut and all this other stuff. And it, so I would have had to start over on the Desert Tech video. So I ended up didn't. I finally got it and, and, and all that. And the video came out good. If you go over to Sniper's Hide, you can check out that Desert Tech video with the 375 and the 50 cal. And, and all that stuff. So I'm doing that. And it, it's... Um, it, it gave me an opportunity to sort of rip everything apart, I guess is a better way of putting it. Hang on, I gotta put my... Uh, my head's on here. I'm like talking and I can't hear anything. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, no headsets. Oh, there I go. Now I can hear. Um, so yeah, so I go over... And it's given me an opportunity to kind of spring clean my system. I made a clean install USB. I, I redid that Mac Pro clean install. I, I set it up and it allowed me to fix an e an error error in my email. I had on my laptop. My desktop was fine. My laptop, I always had this error message. And part of it is with the um Apple iCloud, whatever you want to call it, your account. 
just populating your email into the new program. So like I just set up the, the, the Mac Pro again, got that all done. And Friday, you know, I'll get my hardware I'll come in, but I got class this weekend, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, um, the, you know, so give me an idea, do clean install, do this, get rid of some of the programs that were there. Because at first, one of the guys was like, um, I, you might have a software conflict because like my, my USB didn't work. I don't know. Like, I don't, and now I just had like a keyboard error earlier. So I think my keyboard actually might've been shot. So I'm, I, you know, I got, the, I had a spare keyboard here. So I popped that in. Of course, you know, computers, you got everything hanging around. And, and so I was able to do that. Ran into mile high today. Saw Mike had a little bit of lunch. Thanks Adam for lunch. Uh, you know, Got to see all those guys drop some stuff off that had to be shipped out. Sent that Desert Tech back. That and here's the thing, man. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm a Desert Tech fan as far as you know what they that that rifle system and all that. It's it's to me it's a good bang for the buck and all this stuff. So I put the video out and people are like, yeah, what do you paid for that? What do you this? Number one, I don't. I, I just want to kind of let this lie out there. Because there's different practices with reviews and influencers and YouTube, and I don't play it right. I'm not a nickel and dime, you know, F you pay me guy. Uh, you know, I need to be, but I'm not because there's so many people around me doing the exact same thing and putting money in their pocket, and I'm doing it for free, and all the companies are laughing all the way to the bank, and then you know how it is. They'll drop you like a hot potato if, uh, you know, they don't like something. Say something they don't like, and you're gone. And, and so it's it's kind of getting to the point where, yeah, maybe you should get paid if that's the attitude, you know, if, if you're that. But I did a, a, a good review because the rifle system worked well and, and everything was good and, and, you know, no drama. And I think it's a great way to get into ELR. If you want to shoot like a King of Two Mile, if you want to shoot a Spear Point Ranch, if you want to go, what is it, Valhalla or whatever that place is in Texas, if you want to go to one of those places, to me, a Desert Tech is a good platform to get you in entry level. And then you can kind of switch barrels, move around. It's accurate. It's truth in advertising. The bullpup makes it small, easy to work with. You can travel with it easy. You know, that kind of stuff. But guys, come on. What are you paid? What are you paid? What are you paid? I don't charge them to edit, to review, to do the video. Because what the, the game is for a lot of people is, yes, I'll do a review. But if you want me to film it, edit it, and put it up, that's going to cost you. The review doesn't cost, but the work costs. You know, if you want me to write the article, well, that's going to be 800 bucks, or, you know, this much, that much, whatever the case may be, that's how guys do it. They'll say, you know, I'm not charging for the review. I'm charging to edit the video because that is time-consuming. You got to figure a, a, at a minimum a, a three- to five-minute video is four hours on the range, and another two and a half to four hours behind the computer, depending how you do it. I'm color correcting. I'm doing all that stuff. Remember, it's just me, you know? So guys are like, what are you getting paid? What are you this? Oh, what are you shilling? And it's like, yeah, dude, I got a T-shirt, you know? It, it, I sent the rifle back today. Everything. They, they, not, nothing stayed here. You know, that's the thing you have to understand with, with reviews and stuff. Just because you see somebody with the product doesn't mean they keep it. You know, doesn't mean they're getting paid. Doesn't mean a lot of things. So that that was, I had to deal with that in the middle of this computer stuff. But so now I kind of set this computer up and I hooked everything into the podcast and the board and kind of hardwired it. 
I got to go in, and then once I, I got to rip the computer apart again so I haven't gone permanent with it. But I have to uh, rearrange the office a little bit and um, streamline the wires, clean up some of the, you know, uh, the power cords and all that crap. So uh, I guess I'm in spring cleaning mode. But I have uh, a class this weekend, Mile High class, where we're a little extra full, to be honest with you. It uh, looks like 12 shooters are going to be there uh, on Friday. And the funny, this is hysterical part. So I tell, you know, the, I, I look at my calendar and how I submitted it to Mile High. And, and you guys come into the class, man, don't sweat it. But um, I, I go and I'm like, cool, cool, two-day class, Friday, Saturday, you know, Sunday's Mother's Day. Well, I initially didn't book the class as a three-day. I just said it was a two-day because of Mother's Day. Well, it got put on the website, and it got sold in full as a three-day class, and I didn't know that. So good thing I went in today to go get the list to make the certs and to do all that stuff. And you guys are coming in just timing because we're gotten real shitty weather right now. It's It's been raining for two, three days. It's supposed to clear up Friday. Saturday and Sunday are supposed to be gorgeous. I don't know what the wind's going to do yet. I didn't look at it. Uh, I'll have to weather underground and, and take a look at what the wind is. But uh, right now, it's crappy as shit out here, and, and so you guys are dodging the the spring weather, which is good, because when it does rain here, it gets kind of muddy and mucky and chilly. It's, you know, 42 degrees and raining, but, you know, comes Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll be 75 and, and, and perfect. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of a good thing to go into Mile High and, and see all that. And I want to go, because like, we got some feedback, which we asked, and—, and Guys, thanks everybody for commenting. Mike and I were when we went to lunch and we were talking today, we were mentioning the comments and how great it is that you guys are commenting. Like he's like on it. So you want to make Mike happy, man? Go into the Podbean app and drop a comment. Now we're like I said, big response stuff. You're probably better off going to Sniper's Hide to get an answer on in the forum section for the everyday sniper. At, at snipershide.com, you go down a little bit, log in, register, whatever, you'll see the everyday sniper. It's like in the middle of the page somewhere. And and that's where you can get like detailed answers. In the Podbean app, it's going to be like yes, no, left, right. But we want the volume of comments. So the fact that you're just throwing stuff out there and you're, and you're commenting, and we, and like you said, you've been hearing, we're reading them and responding to them. So we'll definitely respond in blocks at this time during the podcast you know what i mean so it's easy for us to read them and respond to you so you know if you put a comment up in the podbean app we're going to give you a shout out and we're going to read it to you so definitely keep that going we really appreciate it we love what you guys are doing but we got some feedback from the class and we had a really good one from a guy who's an instructor here tom and tom dropped uh, you know some really good nuggets off uh, on the stuff and one of the questions and one of the things he said, and like I said, not, and I, I think this is a great uh, way of learning, was rifle setup. And he's like, you know, they talked about rifle setup, but they didn't change anything on me. So I guess I'm okay. Yeah, well, here's the thing, and I'm going to go deep dive on this a, a, a bit with rifle setup. I can't see what you see. I can't feel what you feel. I have to be able to lay out the, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Okay, how do these things look and feel for you? 
because I can't quite tell. Now, we do a positional or we do something, I can say, hey, your length of pull looks a little long. Or if I'm walking up and down the line and I see a guy, you know, hunting for his optic, hey, do we have to move that? That's something that we definitely can do. But, you know, at the, at the heart of it, I can't see what you see. And if I get behind your rifle, it's set up different. Now, I'm going to take rifle setup to your car. Okay, so think about this as part of your car. And with that, oh, hang on, I had to take, oh, man, I'm running over my cord. And with that, with your car, right? So here's the thing. Seats, mirrors, steering wheel, okay? We can move all of those. That's where we adjust to. So we have length of pull, eye relief, sort of how we manipulate the trigger and where our hand is and whether that trigger part moves, the grip, okay? So all of those things are stuff that we can adjust and we can look at. So it's important that you guys understand and what I do in the class is explain what you should see. So it would be, you know, sight picture. You should have great edge-to-edge clarity and bring the optic to you. Your length of pull. Well, a lot of times, if you have a regular stock, you have to turn around and you know, have it spec that way. If it's a fiberglass stock, you have to make sure you measure, you know what your length of pull is. And we talk about that, you know, make sure it's in the crook of the arm, your 90 degree trigger finger, and you can get that good purchase on the grip. Okay. So that might not be something you can adjust on the fly. Now, maybe you have a manners with a spacer system or something like that. And then chassis, Chassis, of course, have the mechanical adjustability, and that's where the money comes in, right? You're, you're up, down, left, right, all that stuff. So that's things that we're looking at in explaining where they should fall. You know, where are you in that feel? Where are you in that setup? Are you hunting for your optic? Or is your stock a little too long where in prone that feels good? But when it's a little too long, it pushes you off to the side a little bit, okay? So it's going to kick you off, and you're not going to be straight. You may uh, see that rifle hop, right? So if the rifle's going to be hopping around, it may be that your length of pull is too long. Think about your rifle when you're holding it, and if you kind of get that, if you're standing up straight and you're shooting into the sky, but as if you were prone, Okay, where that would be and kind of how short, so from your shoulder going straight up in the air alongside your head, how short that length of pull would have to be to get that good 90 degree trigger finger, make sure your wrists are straight, your, your, your elbows are down, and you got that kind of linebacker straight across the shoulders, straight across to the elbows, that whole thing uh, should look like the old time, you know, 70s football game with the vibration. So you're going to look like one of those guys going downfield and that weird little blocker move they had. So you would shorten your length of pull because we're doing positional, okay? So as we get off our belly and we get off prone, your length of pull actually decreases because your head's moving. And that's where that rifle setup and those things come in. Now, we generally will drop it in the middle, you know, we'll measure, maybe take a quarter of an inch out of that measurement, and it's good. But think about... 
if you did your length of pull, and you can just right in front of you right now, just knife hand, knife hand, knife hand. Oh, yeah. So if you knife hand it, look where your, your finger is and measure that to the crook of your arm. Then take your trigger finger and make a 90-degree trigger finger. And look how short that makes it. That's going to drop over an inch out of the length of pull. So that's one of the things where people would just go and they get that tip of their index finger. So they bring that into the crook of their arm. They lay the tip and where the tip of their index finger was, that's where their length of pull was. Well, now we want to turn it and get that 90-degree trigger finger. And that takes about an inch and a half, inch and a quarter, whatever the case may be. If you're a big guy, even more that it's going to take that out of the length of pull number. So imagine that. So imagine we, we you measured your length of pull one way and you had it all done up. And then I said, nah, dude, you need to have it an inch shorter, an inch. You'd be like, oh, damn, that's like two spacers. You know what I mean? So that's one of the big things. And then from there, that sets up us behind the rifle. From that point, Okay, we want to then go to our scope and eye relief. We have to bring that scope to us. We want to be falling asleep behind the rifle on the stock. Nice, comfortable, not, not excessive cheek pressure. You know, you want to make sure you're there. And, and maybe it's a cheek, maybe it's a chin. Who knows where you are as far as that height goes. Are you a cheek weld and chipmunk? Are you high up by your eye in the socket there and just below? Or are you down? Are you a chin weld guy? You know? So now that's going to determine heights and things on your optic. Where you're going to put that optic because the goal is to get your eye as square behind the scope as possible. Right? We want edge to edge clarity from a natural, comfortable position behind the rifle, okay? That's why I say to guys, you know what I mean? I'll go down in the prone at the house. I'll get in behind the rifle with a bipod on it and everything going on from there. And then I'll put the scope on and bring it to me, okay? And then make sure the adjustments are all there and how I have to do the cheek. And that's why the military guys might be building up with some uh, foam and duct tape, because it's a generic stock that doesn't really fit them, so they got to make it fit them. So th that's the kind of stuff that I, I can explain to you, but I can't necessarily change you. You know what I mean? Unless I see it. You have to tell me, and you have to say, well, if it's a chassis, that's a good thing, because you can just you know change your length of pull right there on the fly. If it's a, a manners type and you have a spacer system, even a McMillan spacer system, you could pull a spacer out, you know, stuff like that. But you have to check it, okay? And, you know, we don't go down the line to everybody and say, show me your length to pull, show me your length to pull, show me your length to pull. You know, that's not, yeah, that might work out, but I'm not quite sure it would. But, um, no, that was some good feedback and some stuff like that to talk uh, rifle setup and what's going on with that because it is important, man. That's what extends us to the next level. That's what makes day two better than day one, you know, stuff like that is where you're not fatigued, you're not beat up, and where you can get square and comfortable behind the rifle. We want to eliminate angles, right? We want to make sure we're straight across, we're straight back behind the rifle. 
you know, 90 degree trigger with our fingernail pointed at nine o'clock, you know, and coming straight back on that trigger. And it's all about just making that T, you know what I mean? So the rifle comes and recoils right back into us like a plunger and it's not being kicked off one side or the other. We're relaxed and we're just kind of boom with the recoil. You know what I mean? It's just in with the recoil. So that was that's something that you we can talk about, we can harp on, we can make sure you guys look at, but at the end of the day, I, I can't tell you how you feel. You know what I mean? It, it, we don't have a, there was a, what, a, like there was a Doctor Who episode where like these emojis and stuff and you can basically, you know, walk around and change your mood and, oh, I feel sad, I feel this, I feel that. So everybody knew, you know, so instead of like texting your friend, it was one of these things where like, oh, look, it's on his chest. So anyway, we don't have that, so I can't tell you what you're going to do. But um, so uh, we're going to go this week and, and do it all over again, Another, which is good because I was actually going to, when I, when I saw I had a two-day class here, I was like, oh, man, I got to go hack up my PowerPoint. I'm going to just make it the basics, you know. I'm going to make it real easy. And then this whole computer thing goes to hell on me in a handbasket. Um, but I'm, like I said, I'm kind of happy the way I have this set up right now. I, I like the way it's looking, and, and we'll take a look at this and see, you know, how it works out for everybody. But um, right now, I'm pretty psyched with my setup. It, it's it's good stuff. Uh, speaking of the app and the uh, Podbean, I guess what we missed is favorite bipod, huh? So uh, I'll have to get with Mike. I mean, there's more than one, you know, I'm an Atlas fan. I like B&T. I like everything they put out. So um, the Cal right now would probably be my favorite for a more dynamic precision rifle because it's not a one size fits all. I harp a ton on bipods, man. I, if you go back over these podcasts, if you go back and listen to me, if you go see, I mean, a bipod matters. You got a friggin' like for me, okay? I'm going to talk about, you know, latest and greatest. I got a $7,000 AX. I got a $3,000 uh, Night Force on it. And then I'm going to put a $89 Harris. No. Harris is your lowest common denominator. A Harris is, you know... Circa 1978, if that, or whatever it was, 88 or something. And they haven't changed how they've made it since they've been making them. Okay, they're not straight, they're not square. You got to notch them up because you got to get out of the springs, all that other stuff. So, I'm, it, you know, to me, a bipod matters. I like the new Thunder Beast bipod. I am a huge fan of that bipod. So for my small guys, I'm digging the Atlas Cal and I'm digging the Thunder Beast. Those would be my two go-tos, my two go-tos right now, okay? Those are the ones that I like. And I guess that would probably be just where I am with those. Now, oh, well, I, this, it, then there's PRS Bipod and stuff like that, like the Skypod, Okay. I, I like the Skypod, and I have it, and I use it. I like the Skypod for competition. I even switched and borrowed Surge's. Surge probably listening. Oh, shit. Damn. Oh, man. Good thing I remembered. I said his name. Time out. We got Sniper's Hide, Everyday Sniper mugs on Sniper's Hide. We got swag, man. Those um, the Yeti. Not They're not Yeti, though. They're the Yeti cups, the tumbler, but it's not a Yeti. 
because I know you guys don't like them guys anymore. And it's got the everyday sniper and sniper's hide on it. They're like 35, 40 bucks or something. They're black with like this really kick-ass silver engraving with the silver ring around the top. And they look sweet as hell. You got to go into Sniper's Hide, look up SH Swag or whatever. I'll have a link or do something if you need it. Um, we'll, we'll put it in there. I'll even put it in the Everyday Sniper part. Uh, we did like a run of 100 of them. I think he, he sold 25, 30 already. And, and so we have mugs if you guys want a, a coffee tumbler, cold, hot or cold tumbler. Definitely, definitely uh, badass looking. You can go either on my Facebook page or in the forum and see a picture of it, and you guys will really be impressed. It, it came out kick-ass. Uh, one of the Marine Corps guys did it, uh, Joe's Fat, and he, he, he engraved them up with that laser stuff that they do. So that came out really, really cool. Go over to Sniper's Hide. Look for the swag. I think you'll be impressed. Back to bipods. So, yeah, I even borrowed the Skypod from um, Surge at Rifles Only and took, like, the Thunder Beast off and put on the other. I think I was using Atlas, though, a cow. So I took the cow off and then went to that on the kind of the reverse uh, roof simulator and all that stuff. So to me... It's not a one-size-fits-all, as a lot of people tend to do with a bipod. It's a tool that has a specific, you know, is it a Phillips? Is it a Torx? Is it this? You know, what is it? Well, I like a Thunder Beast. I like an Atlas. I like the Skypod a lot. And so I like those for that kind of stuff. Then you go into the bigger guns, right? You go into the HTIs, you go into the ELRs. You got to start looking at those. You need bigger, wider, heavier. To me, the Elite Iron Revolution is one of the kick-ass ones. Uh, the only thing um, is getting that sometimes getting that that circular revolution part around certain uh, rifle and stock combinations, and there's limited attachment points or how they do it. Like, I don't think there's an Arca Swiss one right now. Um, you need a pick rail and have to be accessible. So it, it's it's limited uh, how you can do it. And so the Revolution would be one. I like the uh, 5H on the Atlas. So I used that. That was what I was using in the Desert Tech and all that stuff. And then the other big one, then they actually have a small medium too, which is good. In it. And they're a good company overall for the bipods is LRA. Um, the long-range accuracy bipods, I think they do a really good job uh, at, the, you know, having that wide. It, it's, it's, it's about that triangle, man. We want to be inside the triangle, not on top, right? The barrel. Look at your barrel, and we want the barrel inside the triangle. Now, that means even if it's not down inside, but like an Atlas 5H is a great example of this. Where if you take and you draw the triangle on an Atlas 5H, it's going to go over your rifle and the barrel will be inside the triangle. The Revolution Bipod, inside the triangle. The LRA, inside the triangle. Right? You guys are, you guys are getting what I'm laying down. You digging it, man. You, 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 you're, you're. So... That answers that Podbean question because Mike and I, and I'll have Mike answer too and, and stuff. And like I said, can you get away with, have a guy's adapted to? Absolutely. But you're not going to uh, squeeze 
every ounce of accuracy out of the Harris. A Harris is a get you by. A Harris is a you know a backup. It's it's over here. Guys break Harris's all the time. You know it's not like it's unbreakable or anything like that. They all break. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. And and so it that's that's the kind of thing. I mean I I get it. It's the most common one. The only thing I will say, and I've said it in the past as well, and I'll continue to say now, is please, please, please don't do the knockoffs, okay? Don't do the airsoft ones, and, and definitely, like I said, those there's cheap atlases out there, your green blobs and all that. Avoid them like the plague because you're going to end up buying three of them because they're going to break. They're airsoft. Why they're so cheap and all that is, number one, they're Chinese knockoffs. They stole the thing. Casey's always trying to fight that, right? So, but the other thing is they attempt in the beginning to authorize airsoft companies to do them because that, when when they can trademark and patent them through the Chinese airsoft stuff, it protects them, not really, but a little tiny bit to say, we're there, and we have an authorized knockoff, and any other ones are in violations of their trademarks and patents and all those other things. And so there's that element to it. So there used to be like a, a cheap airsoft version, and I think it had a hologram on it, and that's how you knew it was like the official one. And But now you'll see guys will go, go on Amazon and say, oh, look, I can get an Atlas for $88. It's like, nah, dude, that's an airsoft one. It's going to break. I've seen them break after two shots. I've seen them break after 22 shots. And I've seen them break after 222 you know, shots. It, 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 it all depends. It's not consistent. You're, you're rolling your dice, man. We're going back to the casino again when you're playing that game. Buy once, cry once. If you can't and you need to have a placeholder, yes, get a Harris. Don't do his knockoffs either, man. Don't support the knockoff industry, you know? So try to go with the Harris. Try to go with the stuff that's that's known to be good. And that way there, um, you know, we're supporting the, the, the right people. Cool? All right, so like I said, I got class this week. I, I'm expecting the same kind of level of, of success that Mike and I started out with, man, because we really can only go down from here. <laughs> but no, nah, I'm only kidding. But uh, it was it was such a good class, the last one, like I said, and um, I'm looking forward to it. We're, we're going to be pretty full, man, so we're going to be going at it. And, and uh, you know, it's a good target package. It's good distances, and they're dodging the weather, so they're going to have good weather, and, and I'm, I'm looking – I'm looking forward to hitting the range again. And I uh, yes, for the guy uh Steven had asked, I will have the Ashberry so you can look at. Um he was asking me if I'm going to have the Sniper's Hide Ashberry edition out there. Yes, I will bring it to the range. I will have it out there. I have to finish zeroing it up and doing a bunch of other stuff. Speaking of that, I got some ammo in with um Prime uh being below the radar right now, but there's definitely some movement happening there. But um Choice Ammo had sent me a bunch of stuff, and so I'm going to try shooting that this weekend and taking a look because uh, after that, the week after, I'm going to be in Alaska. Man, Alaska's starting up already. We're starting early this year, so I'm going to be heading up next week, you know, boom, to begin with. But um, So I got this Choice Ammo, 
and they're kind of this one of these big little companies you hadn't heard of. It's supposed to be really close to hand loads and custom loads out of that Bitterroot, Montana area. And so uh, I talked with John over there, and he sent me a little starter pack so I could take a look and see how the rifles like it. And we'll be shooting it out of some good stuff. That Lothar Walther's kicking ass, man. Just to give you up-to-date with it, shooting that Lothar Walther uh, barrel, the U.S. Lothar Walther. Um, not one of the U.K. or uh, Germany's. It's the German stuff, but they have a U.S. division. It's the same one LaRue used to use with the OBRs until he started doing them himself. That Lothar Walther. But um, they doing the AI in a bunch of, you know, pre-fit barrels and stuff. And I have a pre-fit on my AI, and it's kicking much, much ass. So uh, that's my update on that. All right, well, I'm going to jet off, get this posted. I got to install some more stuff. And so I'm going to be doing some computer work. I will try to get in with Mike this weekend and have something. Maybe we can do one at lunch or something. Who knows? We'll see. I'll talk to him a bit. But uh, I'll be with Mike on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday doing the class. Look forward to seeing you guys there. Uh, We're going to be rolling out 8 a.m. from the Mavericks, man. So make sure you guys are there. All right? Peace out.